Hello and welcome to Stay Energetic, a podcast dedicated to our favourite Belarusian football team, the mighty Energetic Begeu. Thank you so much for joining us on our weekly journey through the main talking points of Energetic's last match. Once we've covered that, we'll move on to our thoughts on how we see the next one panning out and anything else Energetic related that we think you might want to hear. Привет, Ilium. And I'm Dan. And as the intro promises, uh, we are going to start by talking about last weekend, as we always do, the last game you played. There's been a lot happening in our club and in the uh, world of Belarusian football in the last few days. But it's very, very important, Dan, is it not, that we remember that just a few days ago, before our worlds were turned upside down, we completed a league double over Bate Borisov. How about that? Yeah, and you talk about you know, world's been turned upside down, but Barté's world turned upside down, you know? I, I can't remember the exact stats. I did have them, but I can't quite find them. But the last time they were beaten twice in the same season wasn't, you know, very recently ago. And in fact, actually, there's been a bit of ups and downs, number of teams in the league in Belarus. But the last time that they were beaten twice in the same league, when this number of teams were in it, is something like 16, 17 years ago. This is phenomenal and we're going to go into a little bit about our emotions during the game and our apologies for discussions about Duolingo and and, and Russian conversations but yeah I mean that emotion ah, even after the game next day etc was was somewhat euphoric absolutely um it was just incredible I remember I think John Black would put a comment at half time and I was almost in tears even at half time I was just like so emotional about it all and as you say we waffled out on about everything but the game in the second half but that was partly I think just nerves and partly a sense of complete disbelief about what we were witnessing really and the reason why I think particularly was just the way the game had unfolded I think uh round about uh, just before the 20 minute mark I was sitting there thinking this is going to be a really depressingly long afternoon and I'm afraid it all stemmed again from what we both, I think, considered to be a dreadful uh, red card uh, for Sarepa. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't a straight red, obviously. It's two yellows. And actually, I think we've got question marks over both, to be perfectly honest with you, um, which makes it even more painful, to be perfectly honest. So the first one, he was deemed to interfere with the keeper as he was running out. I mean, it looks odd. The run of the keeper almost makes it look like he's running around two of his own players to run into the back of Strepper, which just, I mean, the only explanation for that is that he's trying to cause trouble for one of the other players. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense otherwise. It just looks wrong. And then when we get to the second yellow, the one that actually caused the red card, I mean, yes, the ball hits his hand, but I mean, you're talking for a very short distance at power. His hand's out already. There's no unnatural movement I know there's a lot of question marks about red car. Uh, sorry, about um, handballs in the box and when it should and when it shouldn't. And the rules seem to change quite quite regularly. But yeah, I mean, the second yellow seemed harsh. The first one just seemed ridiculous to me. But they were both yellows, uh, according to the referee. I haven't looked it up this week. I just really didn't want to focus on another referee that wound me up. Um, and uh, we sat there thinking, right, we're down to ten men. They've got a penalty. This is going to be a long afternoon. 
a depressing afternoon, to be honest. That's certainly what I thought anyway. And then uh, Sadowski pulled off a brilliant save from the penalty, perhaps not the best penalty you'll ever see, but he, he guessed it was going down the middle. He stuck out an arm, uh, def deflected the ball up in the air and, and, and kept it uh, out of the net. And then a couple of minutes later, we had a bit of a wonder goal, didn't we? And I'd like to take issue, uh, the Belarusian Football Federation have had a few uh, critics this week for various reasons, which we, we might or might not touch on. But um, I've just noticed, Dan, that they awarded the goal of the week to Lisakovic uh, for a tidy finish. But uh, I don't really understand how on earth the goal of the week was not Mr. Shakbaz Uzmanov. Can you please explain to me how this was? Well, you know, that might be goal of the week. This is goal of the season. You know, simple. You can't have both, can you? You know, that's a bit greedy. Um, yeah, just to touch back slightly on what you said. Yeah, OK, Sadovsky, maybe not the best penalty he, he faced. Um, the best shot he faced, sorry. But he did a really good job in the goal all game. And actually, he ends up with man of the match um, from the energetic um, fans. So I, I just want to kind of little nod to him because when we go into the second half, it sounds a bit negative what we approached. But throughout, he was consistent and he was solid. And I just want to really kind of like, you know, show my respects to that. Um I'm... How can you even talk about any other goal this weekend though, than the one from Umarov? I mean, seriously, let alone who was best. I mean, that was a cracking goal. I, if I remember correctly, it was my boy Nosko through the centre who picked up the foul in the first place. And I, I mean, did you think he was going to do that? Well, we had a shot last week, didn't he? A shot out on the right flank, and I thought that was just silly. The, the, the exuberance of youth, I thought, really. He hit the target, but I didn't think it was ever going to be any keeper, even even though some of the Belarusian keepers are not perhaps the best. So, no, when he lined it up, I thought he's going to have another shot, and he might hit the target, but that'll be about it. But when you look at it from behind, the, 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 there's three or four angles of it, isn't it, that he showed? And, and surprisingly, they actually managed to get a few different uh, shots of it in. There's one angle. It's just an absolutely brilliant free kick. I mean, he curls it. You know, Maybe you can say, well, the keeper shouldn't be beaten from that far out, but it's an absolutely fantastic hit, and I have absolutely no idea. As I say, Lissikovic took his goal well. It reminded me quite a lot, actually, of uh, Yakshibova's goal against um, Slavia a couple of weeks ago, where he basically went round the keeper and then sort of took a bit of time and eventually just slotted it in. Um, but it's not in the same league as the goal that, that Umarov scored. I mean, as you say, for me, that's going to take a lot to beat that goal all season. And maybe it's just they thought, well, it's that far out, the keeper should have saved it. But I guarantee you, Dan, that goal scored in La Liga or the Bundesliga or the Premier League. People are raving about that for months afterwards. It's going to get millions and millions of views, isn't it, on, on the various social media networks we have out there. Um, a brilliant goal. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and then, obviously, after that, it was a hang on for dear life for 70-something minutes. And that's exactly what we did. And you mentioned Sadowski. Absolutely brilliant performance from him. A couple of great saves. Of course, we rode our luck to a certain extent. Um, after the penalty that we felt was very harsh, I think we got away with one as well, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the mitigating factor, isn't it? That's the reason we can't be too grumpy. Oh, uh, yeah, it looked like it, didn't it? I, I, I can't say anything else. I mean, how that wasn't given, I, I'm, I'm struggling to, to understand. You know, maybe that suggests more about, you know, less any kind of agenda from the ref than, than more of a quality level from the refereeing uh, fraternity in, in Belarus. Um yeah, it looked like it should have been, looked like it could have been. And that might have really swung everything because we really looked like we were under pressure from then on. So the fact that that wasn't given, the fact that we saved the one earlier on, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to bring it back to it. The Umar of goal, 
I mean, the angle you mentioned, I, I think it's the same angle I'm, I, I'm thinking of right now. You watch it, and you can almost watch his trajectory from behind the shot. And there's just this right towards the final fifth of the of the of the ang- of the shot. There's this nice little swerve that just swings it in past the. the... It was beautiful, remarkable. And to be fair to him, Ralph, I mean, he, he then hit another shot about three or four minutes later, didn't he? The cannon off the post, the inside of the post as well. So just to prove it wasn't the fluke, he took the ball, a free kick out on the left hand side, wasn't he? Hammered it against the post with the keeper seemingly beaten. So I started to get greedy and think, why are we two nil up? And then obviously, as the, <laughs> game, as the game went on, I thought, this is going to, you know, one nil is not going to be enough here. But we did magnificently. I, I'd like to have a shout out at this point for, for Hake, who came on. Obviously, the last time we really saw Hake was being carried off in a mess, you know, a few weeks ago. We had a little spell uh, as a sub uh, since then. But, you know, he, he came on and was brilliant. And so many headers uh, blocked, you know, efforts, everything. They just flung themselves at everything. Uh, when it got really, really difficult towards the end, they stuck Diaz up front. I know, I've never seen Diaz play. He's only a very young winger. They chucked him up front and just sort of told him to run around and make a nuisance of himself. Uh, and he did a fair job considering he even had a reasonable chance late on, didn't he, which he couldn't quite take. So, yeah, I mean, a magnificent performance and amazing how we talk most weeks, don't we, Dan, about how poor we are defensively. And yet, you know, that's three clean sheets in a row now, which is, which is quite remar- a remarkable turnaround. Obviously, along the way, we've had a bit of luck and you might say in other spells when we haven't kept three clean sheets in a row, we've been punished you know, for the one or two mistakes we've made. And in these games, we haven't, but still quite remarkable, really, to emerge from that run of fixtures with basically a win and two, uh, two wins and a draw, actually, isn't it? And uh, and three clean sheets. You know what? I'm starting to think that one of two things is happening now. Either we have no idea what we're talking about, or we are being listened to and people are taking exception to what we're saying. Because we said the Yak needed to take some time out. And then he turned up with a performance like he did the previous week. We were quite definite about the fact that Umarov needed to step out from the starting lineup and come in from the thing. And he steps up with a goal like that. We say that Energetic can't... Well, that's just not fair. We don't, we don't say they can't defend. We just say that they always give an opportunity to the opposition. We'll always do that X, Y, Z. And they just fought. I mean, I don't, know how to ask, you know, I don't think it's another appropriate way. They just fought for each other. They fought and they just really worked so well together to really just kind of defend their defend the league that had been won for them through that that wonderful goal. And yeah, one or two as I say, one or two things happened. Either we have no idea what's going on with this club, or someone's listening and feeding this into the into the locker room and saying, Guy guys, you heard what these idiots are talking about. Let's go out there and show them up because whenever we say something, they just seem to say, Hey, you know what? Let's show what it's all about. I couldn't agree more. I think I think one of my favourite things the last few days post-match, I mean, after the match, I was just drained. It was just an amazing feeling of euphoria and, and, and also exhaustion, really. But uh, after that, worn off over the next 24 hours or so, one of my uh, favourite things of the last few days since the game has been our goal scorer appearing on the on the club's lawnmower, uh, it seemed to me, po- posing on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you gotta love the, you gotta love this club, haven't you? I mean, wh- who else would have a, a goal scorer that whacks the ball in from about thirty-five yards to, to to beat a team that's won the league twelve in the last thirteen years? And a couple of days later, he's driving the club's lawnmower. I mean, it's just brilliant, isn't it? It's just yeah. And to be honest, there, there was a swerve on his shot, and to be honest, there was a definite swerve on his mowing. I, I'm telling you because I watched that live. Uh, yeah, it wasn't straight. I, I imagine the groundsman, whoever he is will be uh, less than impressed by the angles on, on, on his mowing. But, I mean, yeah, it, there's a quirkiness. I, I mean, that, that, that can come with a certain kind of t- 
you know, negative connotation, but I don't mean it in that way. There's a quirkiness to this team. There's an, a kind of culture and attitude, uh, an atmosphere around the team that is just different than what we're used to. And I, for one, am loving it, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, more for it. I mean, I think he had, oh, I forgot the name of the guy, actually, one of our, our reserve keepers on the back of it cheering him on as well. You know, there's a real kind of culture of, you know, fighting together, whether it's on a lawnmower or on a pitch, you know, they're going to do it. So, yeah, it's it's a weird, unusual circumstance, but I'm loving it. I suppose the problem is, isn't it, that we have this uh, team with a wonderful sense of camaraderie, but um, they're doing so well that in Everton, I think we've been talking for a few weeks about how well they're doing and how that makes us, you know, prime uh, fodder, really, doesn't it, for the for the bigger clubs. And very sadly, from our perspective, uh, that... Uh, that situation has developed over the last few days and we're, we're sitting here talking about the loss of two of our best players, in my opinion, uh, over the last couple of days. And, and it's inevitable, I guess, and, and a little bit depressing because you feel that this team has done so fantastically well um, and all of a sudden, inevitably, as I say, there's, 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 time, there's a time when players are going to look around. I mean, the first one we're going to discuss is David Tway. I can just imagine the conversation. Um, contract nearly up. And, and along comes the guy from Dino Brest and says, how about having a chance of playing in the Champions League this season? Um, we, we know from the uh, interview that Dave did a few weeks ago on Facebook that he's an ambitious young man, as, as he should be. Um, it's a bit of a no-brainer, sadly, isn't it? And uh, we are left to count the cost of losing one of our best players. Yeah, I think that interview which uh, he did, um, I've forgotten the name of the guy, it's really really embarrassing because I was only talking to him yesterday on Facebook. Um, yeah, that interview he did really was a massive highlight into David's um, attitude and, and where he's going. And the idea that he could play in the Champions League, I think that's just too tempting. And I, I don't, to be honest, I don't blame him. And I, 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 I know a lot of um, fans have different views on, on players and when they should and shouldn't leave and what they do for a club. And in the day, this is their job. This is a profession. They're going to try and do it to the best of their ability. And I know we would all kind of say that we would always play for our team, irrespective. And you know, but if you go to that team and you don't get the you know the opportunities and you don't, I'm waffling slightly. But my point is. They have a different aspect on this. They have a different perspective on this. And I don't blame him at all for wanting to go to do something like that. Because how often, when's he going to get opportunity again, if not now? You know, we might be able to produce that at the end of this season. That is a possibility, but it's not necessarily a likelihood. So I've got no problems with that. It, it's a shame, because I think, to be honest with you, David's been a really good, looking back at his stats, looking back at the performance we've worked at, he's been a really solid performer for us. And I, I think that is a real shame. We're definitely going to miss that, but you know, fair play to him. He's, he's clearly aiming for, for something more. As if that wasn't bad enough. Um, the week moved on a bit and then we had the news that our, uh, I don't think it's unfair to call him a, a star striker. He's a, he's a star striker. He's, he's a fantastic player in his day. Uh, Mr. Yasevic Yashiberov uh, was also off as well and that's an even harder one to swallow in a way because um, the impression we get although we're obviously rather, rather reliant despite my efforts with Duolingo we're rather reliant on the Google Translate for understanding exactly what's going on here but it would seem that he's gone to Shakhtar basically because Shakhtar are prepared to pay the club who have loaned him to us uh, his wages whereas we weren't so essentially um, 
he's got to go uh, to a bigger club and, and obviously be in the shop window and again, potentially play European football this year in, in a few weeks. Um, and we're left you know, losing you know, possibly, you know, certainly a match winner, arguably our, our best player, certainly the top scorer in the league and, and we lose him for absolutely nothing. And no uh, money coming in from it uh, and not even leaving our league. So, I think both of the moves as well kind of highlight the fact that, you know, there is a hierarchy as we've always known in Belarusian football. These two teams are competing with us. Shakhtar perhaps more for the league than for a European spot because they've done that enough times in the past. But certainly Dinamo Brest are in the mix, you know, in perhaps second, third, fourth place as we are. And we've just let one of our best players go and join them. And, and, and the Yak, no doubt, uh, will line up against us in due course unless we've been sensible enough to uh, include some sort of clause that doesn't allow him to play against us when we, when we meet Shakhtar again. We may not even have the right to do that as we don't own him. So, yeah, it's been a difficult 24 hours, hasn't it, Dan? Yeah, it's been an odd, odd 24 hours. And uh, this is my first season being an admin of a of a football social media team. So you'll excuse me for not really knowing a great deal what's supposed to happen right now. Um, but games, you kind of know what's happening. You kind of gear up in the hours before. You know what's happening over the hours. Turns out when transfer window happens... Everything's happening all the time. Every single app on my phone seems to be blipping every single moment. It, it, it's crazy. There's a lot going on with rumours, speculation, and so on. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I think the Yak moving on was the one I expected more than more than David. I think that was the one that I anticipated more. Um, that said, I'm not sure I'm as uncomfortable with it i'm not sure i'm as hurt by it to be perfectly honest with you we've had enough conversations where we've talked about how the act on his day is amazing unplayable you know we're only a couple of games away from a game where he pretty much ruled the game but we have sat through so many games where he's been almost anonymous and wasteful and just kind of thrown opportunities away as well this isn't a player who is the finished article by any shape of the imagination. And that's not to say he can't be. You know, we have seen that he has that potential. But this isn't a player that we're kind of sitting there and thinking, you know, next game would definitely turn up, would definitely do X, Y, or Z. Because we've seen that he sometimes doesn't. Um, and more importantly, that game against Barte, he wasn't even on the pitch. And that's one, that is arguably the best team in the league. And he wasn't even on the pitch and we beat them. So it's not as if he is essential to what we're doing. Now, I think there's a separate question whereby losing two of our better, and I'll use those words loosely because, you know, play, you know, comparing players in different positions to other players, I think is a bit unfair. But two of our arguably better players at the same time is a bit damaging. I know we've brought in a player, um, Mikhail something, whose name, you know, I'm not good with names, um, from Bolshina. Um, so uh, he's a defensive midfielder, so obviously noticed uh, a need to reinforce that. But yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm feeling as negative about the Yak moving out as a lot of other people are. And I don't know if I'm in the wrong here, but yeah, that's just kind of the way I feel. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? It's interesting as well. I think it's is it Mikhail Bashilov or something like that? He's, he's, he's a Russian. He, he's been at, at Belshina and um, 
obviously your first thought defensive midfielder Belshina haven't kept many clean sheets but he has he has played in every game I think um, and we need we need another body in there to be honest don't we I think it's not, not a bad idea it's interesting I wouldn't have described Tway as a defensive midfielder so it's not a straight swap but um, certainly it's been suggested maybe this would give him a bit more uh, license to roam possibly even softball we've seen him score a couple of goals when he's been allowed out of his own half and, and to, to put some pressure on in, in the other half and to show his worth at the uh, the cutting edge of the of the field, so you know it may, it may work out to be a very good signing. We'll wait and see. Uh, Nosco could certainly do some support in there, um, but then we have just get clean three clean sheets. So you could argue should we be worrying too much about uh, our defence? But yeah, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I, I share your thoughts on the yak. I, I do think he is he can be very frustrating. He can be a match winner, and, and you, you're absolutely right to point out that we have just beaten Barté without him, and I'm sure that's what the coach and, and the coaching staff will be saying to the players, because I'm guessing that they would be a little bit depressed by this as well, wouldn't they? They'd be thinking, look at us, we're right at the top of the league, and all of a sudden, two of our best players have gone. Um, what's the point, you know, to a certain extent? I hope they're not thinking that, and I'm sure that the coach will be saying, look, you know, don't worry about it, you know, we'll get some players in, and we've got a fantastic team spirit, the kind of team spirit that has our our goal scorer from Saturday, knowing the, knowing the club are pitch on a Monday or Tuesday or whenever it was. So, you know, that, that's what they need to build up. But we have to accept, I suppose, this is the nature of supporting this team. It's not about supporting one of the big teams. If we do well, it is inevitable that our talents will be uh, moved on elsewhere uh, because they they can get more money and they can get more exposure, whether that be within the Belarusian League or whether that be Russia, it seems a, a popular destination for the better players in the Belarusian League. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, and thankfully, as you say, we have got, you know, a good position already in the league and, and we, we hopefully still have the belief that we can challenge and it just makes it even harder but maybe there's a bit of siege mentality about that look you know we're up against it now we've lost a couple of our best players let's show them we've done that so many times this season against the odds showed up and absolutely caused a stir let's just try and do so for the next uh, half of the season and maybe we'll still get that uh, much treasured top three finish that we're after in fact, talking about the season mentality, an interesting point that was um, sent to me actually on the YouTube channel. Um, and I'm going to read this out as as uh, as the person wrote it because I think it's fair to them. Uh, someone called Pat Cogney um, just made this point. Energetic have had a man sent off six times this season in comparison to their opponent only having one sent off. During those 208 shorthanded minutes, plus another 20 or so injury minutes, They've outscored their opponents six to one. How much does this speak to the great character of this side? They have yet to be a man up this entire year. They have not lost a game in which they have scored. I think that says a lot, to be honest with you. And I know we've talked a lot about how justified some of those sendings also have been, but whenever we have had a man sent off, it doesn't seem to phase us in the way that perhaps other clubs seem to struggle and I know, actually, this came up in, um, for anyone who's not involved and not aware, but we have a, an energetic chat that we, we have on Twitter. And, and this came up in, in there as well, about the spirit, the attitude of this team. They really do seem to fight for each other. They seem to really go for each other. And those stats, I mean, I haven't verified them, so maybe he's talking absolute nonsense, but I'm taking them as read. And if they are, you know, that really does chime with what we're looking at here. There's a group of people who will fight together, fight with each other, irrespective. We fought for seven over 70 minutes with a man down against Barte, the best side in Belarusian football history. You know, this is a culture. This is an attitude. And I think that's something that we all really kind of 
are buying into at the moment. Absolutely, that's a, that's a fantastic observation. I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm fairly sure it would be correct as well. And it, and perhaps that, that says it all, doesn't it? We don't we don't feel sorry for ourselves. We just pick ourselves up, dust ourselves down, and get on with it. And, and generally, that's worked very well for this year. And let's really hope that we do so again this weekend because we're going to move on to talk about this weekend now. And at this point, Dan, I, I'm I'm going to congratulate you. I'm I'm, go- I'm really impressed with you. Um, in many ways already, of course, but this is. You've, you've broken new ground here, Dan. We know you're not massively interested in uh, the teams we play against. Even though it's not a major focus of your, uh, not now your week, nor your weekend for that matter. So what have you decided to do this week? You thought to yourself, I haven't got anything to say about our opponents this week, but rest. So I'm going to find somebody who knows all about them. So we're breaking new ground here, not just because Dan's gone and found somebody to talk about Root Rest with, but also because we're introducing a guest to our podcast. It's taken seven weeks. But here is Rob and Dan, of course, talking about Rook Breast. Hello, Rob. Hi, guys. Right. So I don't really care about the other teams too much, but <laughs> turns out other people do. So I'm doing my bit. I'm going out and I'm going to have a little chat with different people. And obviously we're playing against you guys this weekend. Um, I don't know if you just give us a brief understanding of who Rook are and, and, and how you're doing, really. Right, well, um, Rook and a lot of people say well, it's a fairly new team. It was um, it's formed in 2016 as an amateur team, um, and then 2018 went professional in inverted commas. Uh, joined the second division in Belarus, won that, went up in 2019 to first division and finished third, and then through the playoffs got promoted to the Premier League, which is where they are now. But throughout that process, they've um, always been a farm club for Dinamo Brest. And uh, obviously, you can't have two teams run by the same person. Well, officially, anyway, in the Premier League. <laughs> um, so um, they had to split from parent club Dinamo Brest this season. And now, for the first time, are a supposedly fully independent um, club. Okay, so obviously fairly new up into the into the league. Um, just a bit like Energetica. Obviously, last season was our first season up in up in the league. Um, and unfortunately, especially with today's news, or was it yesterday's news? We seem to seem to feed into Dynamo Brest a few of our players with David Tway going over there yesterday as well. So, you know, it doesn't always have to be a formal connection, I guess, to to lose players to them. They've they've obviously got the prestige and the money. Um, but I mean, how, how's the season been going for you guys? Um, season, um, it's been steady. I think might be one word. Being uh, being complimentary. Um, the thing about being a Rook fan is, um, you. You're not going to get excitement. We are averaging less than a goal a game scored. We are letting in less than a goal a game. So <laughs> um, if, if it's a really, really, really exciting game, it's going to be a 1-0 win. If it's a not-so-exciting game, it'll be a 0-0 draw. Ah. If it's a not-very-exciting game, it'll be a 0-1 reverse. Um, <laughs> and the, I think... To encapsulate it, I mean, we, we had a game the weekend against Dinamo Minsk, won one nil, and that typified our season. Um, we, we're um, we're unspectacular. There's not a lot of creativity in the last third. We're never going to score many goals, but we're never going to let many in. Um, we've had two games this season where we've scored more than one goal, uh, and on both times, you, you could see, I think, the almost the despair on on the manager, Sednev, on his face, when we scored a second goal, he looked really gutted. <laughs> I genuinely think, I genuinely think he would rather win 1-0 than 2-0. Um, 
Um, so, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's turgid on a bad day. It's steady on a good day. But, uh, we, we, you know, joking aside, we, we're solid. We've got a really good going goal now. Nechayev, who's, who's um, sorry, to replace Nechayev, uh, Stepanov. Um, he's come in, back three is solid. Um, back, you know, middle four industrious. But there's not a lot in the last third. So it's, um, you know, you, apart from the local derby against Dynamo Brest, where we got Wallop 4-1, um, you know, when we, we've won 4-2 at Neyman. But apart from that, every game has been 1-0, nil, 0-1, 0-0. Nil, so um, not going to get the fans rushing back, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so you've obviously mentioned about the keeper, you know, um, and, and obviously about the strengths there. I mean, who else, yeah. if you had to pick out a couple of other players who you, you'd be you know, you need to be on top form to, mm. to, to get to win you again. Who who would you be looking to? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, because of the way the season's going and the and and you know and the defensive way almost that we play. You know, stepping off in goals been been brilliant since it's come in. Rachmanov centre half's been great. Um, and then you know Vasiliev in the midfield in the centre midfield's been good. So down that we, we've got a spine that's fantastic and solid until you get to the top of the spine when there's no brain there. Um, <laughs> we've um, we've got Diallo up front, uh, Senegalese guy. Um, really took him some time to settle, but the last four or five weeks he finally worked out what the big onion bag was for, and he put the round thing in it, and then he scored four in five, and then he's gone and got injured. Ah. So he, he really is the only attacking threat, and it's unlikely I think he's going to be available this weekend. He missed last week because of a hamstring he, he did two weeks ago in Belshina. Um, didn't play last week and we, we have nothing up front and being hamstring I doubt if he's back this week so looking at this I mean what you obviously kind of given yourself a very small window of, of score lines 1-0 nil, 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 or 0-1 <laughs> out of the three what, what, where, where do you where do you expect this game to go then right now well if, if you guys had asked me that before 12 o'clock today I was fearing the yak because every time I've seen the yak he's been pretty useful and I thought he could call us some problems so I was predicting an exciting 0-1 reverse and us losing. Now I understand the yak's on his way. Um, I'm going to feel a bit better, so I'm cautiously optimistic for a really exciting nil-nil. <laughs> Bearing in mind, of course, the yak didn't play when we beat Barto the other weekend. So to say yeah. that you know he's, he's not he's not everything. Uh, he says confidently, trying to yeah. trying to hide his tears at the loss. But uh, <laughs> no, fair enough. Okay, so you're expecting? Well, you're hoping for a nil-nil draw. Um, obviously, I'm hoping for something very different. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how this goes because I think we are very much looking at a, a very attacking team mm. against a very defensive team. Mm. Uh, I'd be interested to see who who wins out in that. I guess. Yeah, we have a we have a very weird formation that uh, I think Sednyev, the manager, stru- uh, stumbled across in about week seven because uh, the form was a bit in miss until then, and then he stumbled across a, th- a three three one four two formation, which sees us playing three centre backs. Um, guy sitting in front of the centre backs, usually Chidi if he's fit, or if not, it'll be Vasiliev, and then we have four across the middle. Um, so there's no real width at the back, and I'm I'm surprised we let so few goals in, considering we only really have three at the back. Because the two wide midfielders, I'm not going to call them wing backs because they wing, but they don't always back. <laughs> um, so it's it, it's a very turgid um, style of play. You've got the back three, but you've got um, Chidi sitting in front of them, a Nigerian player, and he's um, he's recently come back from injury, but he just breaks everything up. He's uh, He's like the poor man's uh, N'Golo Kante, really. 
Um, and uh, that's really why I think you know we, we don't we don't score many, but we don't let many in. We just sit there and we break the play up. We've got an industrious middle two in the middle with Basiliev and Krachinko. Um But yeah, when we get beyond that, that's when the problem starts. So I, I genuinely, if Diallo doesn't play, I cannot see us scoring unless it's from a dead ball with Vasiliev, who's quite useful with a free kick. So we don't score off corners. You know, we, we don't do corners. Um, so I just genuinely can't see us scoring without Diallo. But I, I, I'll probably live to regret this and regret these words, but I, I genuinely can't see us letting many in. So, um, well, obviously, yeah. I, ho- I hope you're only half right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Um, I'm guessing you'll be watching at the weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching the weekend. Uh, it's, um, I mean, we've got a, a new guy we've signed from um, from Dynamo Brest, uh, Shevchenko. Um, I mean, he's, he's he's not the answer. If he's the answer, I don't know what the question is. Um, and he'll probably be playing instead of Diallo. So, um, yeah, I think your boys at the back, including your new signing. Have you got a new signing at the back today? We've got a new defensive midfielder came in um, from yeah. Belshina. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see what, what he does. Um Okay, so it sounds like it's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, um, no doubt there'll be a lot of chatter going on on the uh, on the on the Twitter on the Twitter groups, and and uh, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that you're, as I said, you're half right and you're half wrong. I'm hoping <laughs> you don't do much up our end, and that our attack will will overcome. So, thank you very yeah. much for your time today. Um, much appreciated, um, and we'll pop your uh, pop the Twitter Twitter handle into the chat as well, into the notes underneath the into the thing. If anyone wants to wants to follow, how you're doing for the rest of the season. No, lovely. And no, thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Thanks a lot for that, Rob. That was really, really interesting. And I think it's certainly something we'll uh, we'll try and do again in the future because uh, even though I watch probably more uh, Belarusian football than you do, Dan, I'm no expert. Some of what you told me there, even though I've watched Rook five or six times, was completely new to me. So that's brilliant. But the big question is, um, how much do we believe his 1-0, nil, 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 nil? <laughs> No one beliefs. And personally, I'm, I'm, start, I'm thinking, I must admit, I don't see, I think he's perhaps being a little bit harsh on as well. I've seen him a few times, as I say. I think what all they lack, and obviously, hopefully, they'll lack it again this weekend with Diallo uh, being injured, is a decent striker. I think they play quite nice football, um, but they just don't have a cutting edge. Uh, they just don't have anybody to put it away at the end of it, apart from Diallo, who's now or has been injured in recent weeks. So, yeah, maybe not a high scoring game, especially as we don't have Yak and Blackett still won't be back. How do you see it going overall? Do you think one of those three scorelines is the most likely? Well, he kind of did paint himself into a bit of a, a bit of a corner by only giving himself three scorelines. So perhaps you know that has perhaps not 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 the easiest of uh, things to manoeuvre from. But I mean, yeah, I think I think basically talking to to the to Rob, uh, you are talking about a very defensive side against a very attacking side. It was really interesting, actually, something he said throughout. Uh, at one throughout, you said at one point, um, they're not that great defensively on the wings, and he himself stated that he was really surprised they haven't been taken advantage of that. So, I think there's an opportunity there if we can get down the wings, if we can try and cut in from there. I think there's they haven't really, well, from what he said at least, because as we said. I don't pay much attention, so I'm going to take his word as uh, as gospel. But yeah, I mean, there seems to be a real opportunity if we can get down those wings and, and, and kind of cut in that we might have an opportunity here because they do not seem to have any, opp- you know, something coming at us at all. 
I'm optimistic if I'm honest with you, coming off the back of that. I I think it's not I think it's gonna be tough. I don't think it's gonna be straightforward. I think it's gonna be quite dull, possibly. But I think if we get that goal, I think it's ours. Done. Yeah, I think they as you say, they're not they're not a high scoring team. I think the game that he mentioned, the Nearman game, I think they scored a couple early on, but on the whole as he said, most of the games end but one nil, 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 or nil one. Um, yeah, I think I think it could well just be I think it could well just be one goal. Yeah, either way, I very much hope it falls our way. Um, we're probably looking, I suppose, aren't we, at uh, Yudchitz and uh, Junior up front. Junior, I felt a little bit sorry for him on the Saturday, as I always do. He, he put himself about for twenty minutes, and of course, the sending off meant that he uh, he had to leave the uh, the fray. Um, he may well get a chance this weekend, I would think, with with two strikers unavailable, one gone and one still suspended. Um, it doesn't promise huge pace down the middle, does it? Um, but then, as you say, I, I also noted the uh, the lack of uh, width in the uh, Rook defence, and I very much hope that our wing-backs, although we don't like to see them too far up the pitch, do we, Dan, too often, uh, will make the most of that and really provide some decent service from those wide areas for our two strikers. It's Sunday afternoon, I believe, Dan, isn't it? A slight difference in terms of the uh, the timings, in terms of the kickoff time. I think it's something like 2.45 or something, isn't it? Um, but we'll be there, as usual, 15 minutes before. In fact, I think we almost managed 15 minutes before uh, last week, didn't we? So uh, we'll aim for that again. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's 2.30 on Sunday. So it's going to be interesting. Okay. 2.30 but we'll on Sunday. 2.15, hopefully, for, for us. And uh, we very much hope that you can, you can join us for that. Uh, take care until then. Indeed. Take care. Thanks again for taking time out of your busy lives to listen to us talk about a team uh, whom we knew nothing not so long ago, but who we now hold dear to our football supporting hearts. Please do contact us with comments and suggestions if you have any. My Twitter handle is at a game in Spain and Dan's is at Major Dan B. That's with an A at the end. If, like us, you feel like talking about Energetic most days of the week, or even just at weekends, please do contact Dan, and he will add you to the Energetic Ultras Twitter chat. We'll be back next week, but until then, please do stay Energetic. We firmly believe that you won't regret it. Dos for Dania.